Hello and wo- <laughs> one more time. One more time. <laughs> that messed me up. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't that was priceless, man. Okay. All right. Five, four, three. What's better than smoking a cigar in the middle of Skinwalker Ranch on top of the Mesa? Smoking Underground. Episode Beatles Size Matters. Got a light. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Smoking Underground, where we uh, smoke cigars, talk about a, a finer point of the topic, and uh, talk nonsense. Well, not nonsense, but good stuff. Uh, I'm Devin. You're lucky. We talked a whole bunch of nonsense before the show. Saved you guys probably 40 minutes of your lives. (laughs) I'm joined today uh, by Gary and John. Oh, we're supposed to talk now. Yeah, Yeah, it's called I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of a smart-ass comment on what's up today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You guys are killing me. Try to put on a good show here. The listening audience is just going to sit there. You need to leave that silence in there for a second. So they all look at their phones and go, did, did the podcast just end? What, what happened? Cause I do this. When I listen to a podcast, it's really John, annoying because it does that. They either have a commercial at the very end and yeah. you know, it's over or it just ends. It drives me crazy. I'm listening to a podcast and there'll be this moment of silence while they're like thinking or something. And you're like, y'all that moment of silence makes people go, Oh, I guess it's over. And they stop paying attention. Like, Say something. Make a sound. Something. Anyways. Oh, that was good. Welcome back to the madness. Today on the show, spectacularly glorious smoking underground. Bump, bump, bump. We are smoking the Romeo Ulieta, 1875 Nicaragua. And yes, I use an accent to pronounce that like a D-bag. Good. Uh, You mean a Devon bag? Uh, Yep. (laughs) That was good. You got me on that one. That was good. That was good. Boy, I just um, keep getting you all the time here. I should probably do. be doing rim shots. You do rim shots. You should do rim shots. Get, you should oh, there it is. Dang. There it is. Trumpet, um, not rim shots. Oh, my God. So this cigar is a particularly interesting one. Uh, the tasting notes on it are kind of interesting, I would say, because it talks about it being, like, sweet and earthy and dry grass, and you can kind of get that off of it. I'll be honest with you. You really can. Because it starts out with a nice toast. And I'll be honest with you, Gary, John, the toast has become one of my favorite things to do is to just light, toast the cigar, and then just let let the fumes, let the, let the, the smoke just kind of simmer out and just enjoy the taste and the smell of that toast. And then I get into the actual cigar. I have I have come to a new level of passion in my cigar smoking to see what the smell of toast are for every cigar I, I smoke now. I don't know if you have that same kind of recollection, but no, no, but, but cool. Yeah. That's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You just, you just light the end of it and then you go just get it and just, and just wave it around like a wand in front of your nose and just enjoy the toast. Hey man, that's, that's, that's fantastic. To, well, to me, that's the same as having a, nose on a wine or or a good right. liquor and, or as you as you well know exactly exactly and yeah yeah man 
Yeah. For everybody listening out there today, uh, I am pairing this with two different libations that I've kept secret from these two jabronis because one of them is just ridiculous and the other one is just it's a it's a good one. So the two we're pairing with, you ready, Gary? I'm ready, baby. We've got the uh, Jura single malt Scotch whiskey aged Gosh. 12 years. Jura, 12 years. Jura. It's a very smooth, uh, you know, it's a matured in America white oak. Uh, X bourbon barrels with an aged Orloso sherry cask finish, yada, 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 yada. They go. That is that what you're smoking right now? Is that what you're doing right now, right this moment? That's what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, that's right it. Now. Right okay, now. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha, you. So gotcha. I wanted to start with that one because it's smooth. Because the okay. next one, which I'll go ahead and oh. tell you about, it's kind of a dessert whiskey. Yeah. And it's very sweet, but. <laughs> All right, everybody, this, I finally found this one. I bought it about six months ago in a, in a little mini bottle, but I finally found the full bottle. And it's, the artwork's hilarious, and the name is hilarious. It's called Shanky's Whip. Shanky's Whip. Yep. I love it. I love yep. the freaking name. I love The cover that. of the bottle is, is a guy in a chariot, and he's got as the, an ostrich pulling it, and he's whipping it. And it's oh, a black, it. smooth Irish whiskey. That is so cool. Well, it's you know, I'm a, hilarious. I'm a big fan of the particular uh, whiskey, uh, in a sense of the name, uh, even the shape of the bottle. And I'm sure that the whiskey is very good itself. But I'm a big fan of the name Pig Whistle. Yeah, I love that. That one's a good one too. Is it That's really? That's a very good. One. Yeah, it's it's a pretty decent one. I'd have to say. It's probably better than this one. This one is not in the same class. Is it not? Wow. No, it's definitely in a lower class. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, is not, this is not your good whiskey. This is a, oh, it's nice and sweet, and it'll get you, it'll get you tipsy. It's not, it's not Jura. It's not Macallan. It's nowhere in that level. That's why I was saying it's really silly. Gary, can you do me a favor and tell us about the 1875? Tell us, tell us all about 1875. it. 1875. Of course, it's a Nicaraguan, of course. The Romeo Julieta, uh, normally known as Indonesian wrapper, has changed a little bit. Normally, Indonesian wrapper, and of course, Dominican binder filler. In this particular case, uh, Romeo Julius Julius stepped out a while back and started doing stuff in Nicaragua. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it was made in a Placencia factory, and it's um, it's about time for Romeo Julieta to step out and did that. You know, of course, this has been out for a while, so it's not not that not that yeah. new the band has also changed a little bit too they went from the uh they went from the gold and white and red band uh more of an orange what would you say it is yeah an orange yellow um it's kind of a pumpkin orange pumpkin orange okay. yeah that'd be the best way to say it because it's got a little bit of yellow tints in it um as opposed to like a sunset orange yeah yeah so i don't know i, I kind of like the change but I'll, I'll i'll be honest with everybody out here orange is my favorite color so is that right? I'm particularly fond of this one. Yeah, it's it's it looks nicer. It pops a little bit more, especially with the band, because uh, it's a you know it's a medium full flavored cigar. Right. So the band has a nice kind of mellow brown to it. It's not a dark brown, and it's not a super light brown. It's very mellow. Yeah, it's a it's a nice Colorado. It actually has a little bit of a well, it's a little bit lighter than the Indonesian original that. Uh, the 1875 did right uh, and that's okay 
That's all right. But uh, but yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy it, man. I'm digging it myself. I really I really like it. We got the robusto size, so that's your that's your four and a half or uh, I think it's four and a half or five. One of the two. Yeah, I think it's four and a half. Uh, and yeah, it's a five inch, five inch robusto, and to me. It's got a lot more flavor to it, which I like. In this particular cigar, I like it in the Robusto because it's got uh, a nice little flavor pop, but it's not overwhelming. Right. And I like the way that Romeo and Julia did that. I really do. I like uh, I like the way they sort of took this and, and made it as smooth as you would on their uh, on the regular line. But in this particular case here, uh, they didn't put a powerhouse to it. They They kept it smooth, and they're artistic for that. They really are. Yeah. So Altidus did great on this. I think they did a uh, fantastic job on that right there. I give it a seven out of ten. Ain't bad. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I got the larger one before, and I've smoked that one before, and I, I got larger meaning. Are you talking about the Gordo, or are you talking about Churchill, buddy? No, no, no. More like uh, I think it's the uh, the Toro size, the six. Oh, Toro. Inch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah, the longer I should say. Okay, and I got you. I'll have to agree with you. The Robusto is probably the better. I think it's the perfect size. And you know how we've talked about this on the show before in that they make a cigar and flavor specifically for a certain diameter and length. And then they make that one, they perfect it, and then they make different lengths and gauges later to kind of have different flavors or different uh, lengths of time for other people. But I really think the Robusto in this one is the perfect size for the 1875. I really do. I think it. John, have you smoked this one? Uh, yes, I have. Um, what you think? I found it really interesting, and the fact Placencia makes makes a cigar for Romeo and Julieta. I almost look at it as because the price point. We're smoking the Bully tonight, a five by fifty. It's like a ten dollar Placencia. Don't get me wrong; it's not replacing your thirty dollar oct- octagonal cigar. But it's an interesting way to get into the same flavor notes and same construction quality in that, even though it's a, a, a different band on it, I want to say. I'm trying to think of where I'm, where my comparison would be. There's an automotive comparison in here somewhere. <laughs> and I wish you'd make it, too. Because Wait, John's going to come up with an automotive comparison? I, what? I do automotive comparisons all of the time. And I'm in IT. That's my, that's my full-time job. And if everybody, anybody wants a comparison of whatever it is in IT, I, I'll make an automotive comparison. I will. Every time I will. Sure will. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yes, sir. Because everybody everybody has automotive stuff affect yeah, their life. Everybody does, yeah. Everybody knows how to drive. Knows what a wheel is. I'd like to meet your friends that know how to drive because I'm on the road quite a lot. Nobody knows how to drive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, I forgot. Yeah, you live on 280. My bad. I'm the one. I'm the one in the country. I've been up your way this week. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. All right. The topic for tonight is sizes and shapes. You know, cigar sizes and uh, all that kind of stuff, which we've already alluded to. This one that we're smoking is the tour or the robusto. The, the one that a lot of people, I guess that would be a good question for both of you. In dealing with customers and everyday people, when somebody thinks of a cigar who doesn't really smoke, what size and or shape do you think that comes to their mind first when they start telling you about cigars? The Toro, a six inch by about 56 ring gauge, half moon end, nice, tight, straight cut opposite end or lighting end 
Yeah. Uh, a Toro is what I always think of when it comes to a cigar. Occasionally, yeah. you might think Churchill because of Winston Churchill and something long or, you know, but I think you get a little bit specific if you're going Winston Churchill or like a Toscano that, you know, that's not what Clint Eastwood smokes, but it reminds you really tight right. rolled, kind of dry, narrow. Gotcha. Okay. I would say, I, well, there's no right answer, but I, I would agree with you on that one. Because uh, the only one I would counter with, not really counter, but is is the bellicoso shape, because they get that nice tipped in, and they're like, "Oh, that's classic cigar." Cut the tip off. They think of the tip. Cut the tip off. I've got a mixture of that right there, mainly because I got people come in that don't know anything about cigars, and they want the biggest one that we've got. And you're going, okay, all right. Might be for Halloween. It might be for a skit, whatever else, you know. But but as far as right. me personally goes, it's it's going to have to be the Toro, yeah, by all means. Yeah. Yeah, it'll gotcha. be the Toro. Yeah. So if you've got uh, a response, you know, feel free to uh, shoot us an email with what you think uh, the, the classic cigar shape is, what you think that is. Uh, send it to, you can go to smokingunderground.com and you can see our links on there and you can email John about that. And uh, we'd love to hear about it. Continuing on. I wanted to start with not the classic cigar. I wanted to start with the one that I think gets the most hates, not the right word, but gets the most put down is the Lancero. That's where I wanted to start. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What's your typical, uh, opinion about a Lancero? Cause it's so interesting because it's always something that you wouldn't expect to have as much flavor, and it always does. Well, I mean, as, as far as myself goes, the stereotype to a Lancero, I think, nowadays have changed. Um, I would agree with it that. It used to be, yeah, it used to be Lancero was was a, uh, first thing that comes to my mind whenever I see a Lancero, or, or used to see a Lancero in that, that case, was the, if you ever watched the older movies, and you ever seen the cigarette holder, that the that the uh-huh. older rich folks use to hold yeah. their cigarette with it, you know, and of course I don't know whether they're smoking a Benson and Hedges or whatever it is, but it seemed like it's about eight inches long to sticking out of that holder. That's the first thing that enters my mind on a Lancero was smoking one of those right there. But right to me, yeah, the the aura of that has changed now because a lot of your connoisseurs are now going back to your Lanceros and your Coronas. Because that's where your flavor bombs are. Right. That's where all of your, anything that is, has good amount of flavor, man, that's where you can get more out of it. Yeah. It's like the Tatawahe, Tatawahe, Pete Johnson. Tatawahe is, uh, yeah. he, he used to do nothing but Churchill's and of course just average sizes. And now of course he come out with the monster series, which a, a good bit of those are your regular sizes, but started concentrating a lot more on the Lancero and really wanted to bring that flavor profile to the front of the market. Yeah. Where of course you got Tom Lazuka, you know, Tom Lazuka is going, you know, 70, 80, 90, you know, all of that right there in the large ring gauge. So your, your Lanceros, I think now changed now to where if you see someone smoking a Lancero to be frank with you, I mean, the way I look at it, you see somebody smoking a Lancero, they know a little bit about what they're talking about. You may want to, if you know right. a little bit about what you're talking about, you want to pull it, you may want to pull a chair up next to them there and say, hey, what you smoke? And just watch them rattle, you know, watch them go. You know, so, I mean, that's, that to me, that's, 
you know, that's the way I look at it because I, I love a good Lancero. Uh, La Polina makes a uh, Goldie, which is succulent. Those things are so good in the Lancero side. Yeah. You know, that made me think of Gary was, um, a row of 20, my, one of my favorite sticks. Roger that. For the life of me, I can't remember right now what the actual size is called, but I call it a box press Lancero. And it's become one of my go-tos because it's actually a relatively quicker smoke, but it's still a full length. It's probably in the Toro size when it comes to the length of it, but it's small and it's box press. And that leads me into the next shape and size, which is anything box press versus Cuban box press, which the way I describe it to some customers is Cuban box press is just a, a box press that's been eaten too much. It's got a little fat. Ah, it's got a I like fatter. That. That's neat, man. But like that, uh, that Aroa 20, I just love that thing to death. There's something about box press that is more flavorful. And from my personal experience, I've taken cigars that come in normal round cigars and then done a box press and the flavor is just, it's just better. I can't say it's, it's outstandingly better, but there's just another edge to it, which I know that's kind of ironic because it has edges. But you know what I mean? Like, you get that feeling off of it? Sure. Sure, yeah. Heck yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, and if you box press a Lancero, that's, you're talking about some multi-flavor there, buddy. That That's good stuff. Yeah. And I've yet, to be frank with you, it's a good point, buddy. And that is that I would like to see more box press Lanceros come out. I really would. Now, yeah. I would too. As far as the Lancero goes, you're looking at the Toro and the, and the average size, the Toro Robusto and the Churchill, whatever. Uh, you got room for error. You got room for breathing when it comes to rolling of the tobacco and all that kind of stuff. But in this particular case here, the Lancero, you hadn't got too much room. So when you box press that thing, man, you better hope that you got a good roll on it to where that thing can breathe through. Because if you don't, sucking that, that vein out of your head. Man, a box press Lancero. I'm a CAO did a Brasilia that was a, that, uh, and it was a Robusto that Brasilia box press, and man, it's still a good seller, still a good seller. And that's a Robusto, so you can only imagine what a box Lancero would do. Yeah, and I think Devin, you bring up a great point there. I would like whoever it may be, somebody to uh, a proprietor of some kind to say, Hey, you need to come out with a box press Lancero. I bet that thing will yeah. sell off. But Pete Johnson would be the perfect one, too. I, I agree with you on that. Wow. Uh, it makes me think about, uh, speaking of box press, is like the cigar that I told the story many times is my first cigar was uh, Padrone. And yeah. I started experimenting with Padrone, but the very first one I did was an expensive, it was like a $20 Padrone, and it was box press, now that I think about it. And, and there's just the introduction to cigars. You want to pick the right one, but at the same time, you don't want to go too expensive uh, I probably went way too expensive, even though I didn't buy it. The box press is a good place to start. It gets people going. The ergonomics of it, I know this is not typically a subject you talk about, but it's not going to roll on you if you set it down. <laughs> oh, and I, <laughs> I love that part. I know that's simple, stupid, but... No, I love that part, man. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's one thing that attracts me to a box press in a sense of other than the flavor of it, you know, or, or the potential flavor of it. Right. Uh, is that ergonomics where it holds good, holds good yeah. in your hand and it, uh, it fits a couple of ways in your mouth, which is kind of cool. And then of course it won't roll. And if, so if you're, you're laying it on a, uh, a flat surface, man, you just lay it there and let it go. You guys are having that discussion. And of course I'm here so. doing tons of little things. 
And an upcoming cigar we have on our list to smoke is the Espinosa Murcielago. And they actually do offer that cigar in a uh, Lancero box press. And I'm half tempted. I don't think cigars and more stocks that. But I might see if Harris could get us some. Or maybe I'll go ahead and lay 50 bucks yeah, out man. and uh, order a five-pack. John, that would be great, dude. Man, that would be so good. Continuing on that path, the un another unspoken hero is the Lonsdale. Lonsdale. I haven't really smoked many Lonsdale, I'll be honest with you. It's it's not in my common repertoire of cigars. In, in my opinion, though, I, I think Lonsdale's a hidden, I think it's a hidden gem, if you will. And not to mention there ain't a whole lot of folks Concentrate on that size, much less the Lancero. But you've got the Lonsdale right. who, you know, if you start throwing Lonsdale out there, people, you know, that know maybe a little bit about cigars and think they get dangerous with it, you know, start tilting their head like a dog on a high pitch whistle. You know, they, they, they sort of say, what uh, yeah. Lonsdale? Same thing with the Rothschild. You start throwing Rothschild out there, they go, uh, wait a minute, what is that? You know, uh, but yeah, Lonsdale is a uh, is a specialized size, not made by many at all. Um, Ashton is is very renowned for their Lonsdales. Uh, Ashton Classic, White Cabinet, um, you know, all of that bunch there. Um, they're very renowned for their Lonsdale size, and I think it's a very good size for that particular stick. You know, it goes back, and I'll shut up after this. It goes back to the um, to 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 my thinking of what you guys say about, you know, about your one cigar that is rolled for that particular size, they perfect it. And I really think I, to be frank with you, I think that the, the Ashton classic line is what I literally count classic line. I think that the, uh, the prime minister, that's uh, not the prime minister, eight, nine, eight, the eight, nine, eight, which is the Lonsdale size and that, which is the, yeah. um, uh, uh, I literally think that that was their first cigar. I don't know. I don't know. I'll just say. Uh, but because they concentrate so much on a Lonsdale size on that particular blend right there, that, that leads me to believe that was probably a first stick that, uh, that they made on that. Very. That's a good point, man. Very hidden. Right. Uh, I guess uh, underrated size, if you will. Not very heard of at all. John, what's your thoughts on that? I'm not sure on the Lonsdale. It's a neat size. It's and it's, you know, typically a six and a half by forty-two, six and a half by forty-four. Ashton usually goes with the forty-four ring gauge. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the Oliva Connecticut Reserve is a, I know available in a Lonsdale, and I think that's also a forty-four. But it kind of slots just a touch fatter than our good old Lancero. But it's right there in the, the length because your Lanceros are usually going to be somewhere between about six, right. six and a half to seven, eight inches yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, they say Lanceros can be a little bit shorter. And, of course, there's some half Lanceros out there now, too, which are an interesting yeah. cigar. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, Lancero, and I think the three of us are very unique because Lanceros don't sell. There's not a lot of companies that 
make lance arrows because they just don't sell. So you're talking lance arrows, not lawn sales, right? Is that what I'm? No, I'm talking uh, lance arrows, but they're almost the Lonsdale's about the same thing too. Is they not a lot of people are doing them because they're usually they want a little, you know, they want a fatter cigar and they want something a little bit more dimensionally appealing again like devin's original question everybody's thinking of a toro which is going to be a six six and a quarter by 54 56 so you're what is that 1064 whatever that breaks down to five thirty seconds of an inch thicker in diameter and a little bit shorter the size just is what people think and of course now we're stuck in and the the grandes and the six by 60 is kind of the in size now and everybody wants to smoke one and probably go back and kick tony soprano's ass (laughs) for it because that's what he kind of smoked tony if there's one thing you did to this world to hurt it (laughs) and that was smoke the uh, too thick a cigar never mind all your trash trash company business (laughs) nice but (laughs) On the next uh, TV episode of Smoking Underground, The Sopranos. <laughs> well, that's no, never mind. So, Lonsdale, <laughs> it's just not. I, I'm going to be honest; it's just not a size that appeals too much to me. Even I'm a big Lancero fan, but either, ironically, it's the exact opposite: go big or go home. I'm either going to go and get a Lancero and a mitt and grab grab that, you know, thirty six a ring gauge, 38 ring gauge cigar and go for it. Or I'm going to go ahead and get into my, you know, 52, 54, 56 ring gauge. Uh, just kind of my, my personal there, but I guess you could throw in that and I'm going to jump to a new size, you know, the Corona's I really like the Corona is probably my favorite size right now. I was just about to do that a little bit thicker than the Lancero. And uh, sub six inches, it's just a good size, nice, easy smoke. I mean, I like to sit down and have a cigar for an hour, hour and ten, but this gives me a chance to have two cigars in that hour, hour and ten. Yeah, the uh, the 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 Corona uh, in in the Fuente line is the number four, pretty much. And uh, that was Carlito's or Car- Carlos Sr.'s favorite favorite size that was what he smoked was the don carlos number four which is that uh uh corona size well see great minds think yep. alike true that yep right true exactly but yeah i'm a huge i'm a i'm a very big corona fan and i tell you what i've done i got a little mini pack of the uh, Macanudo Impressivos and and those right there, the, the red pack, man, those right there in the Cigarillo size are just, man, those are good in that particular size there. John, I completely agree with you about the Corona because I have noticed myself and with customers is that's that seems to be the size people keep getting more often lately i had a guy just yesterday his entire collection that he brought up to the register were all coronas question 
do you think that is a preference of the cigar size or a preference of the price point? Both. I, I want to say it's the price point uh, because of the quote-unquote economy, but I'll be honest with you. When you're getting into buying cigars, at some point, the price point between the longer one and a Corona size, you're just like, I want to be able to smoke it and enjoy it and be done. So for me, it's I go to lunch. I want to light something up in my truck and be able to smoke it before I get back. And I've noticed if I do any other size, if I do a Robusto, a Toro, anything in my truck, I'll be sitting on the dock at work finishing up a cigar, then set it down, and then come back to it and set it down. But the Corona, I've done every time. Um, I've noticed, though, that a lot of people, no matter what, the transaction cost is 50 bucks a person. The, the average sale through the register is $50. And it used to be five cigars. Now it's four cigars. And you can get five sometimes if you squeak in that Corona size or you're a little bit, I had some guy come in and he bought almost a box, 20 cigars. And he was right. I can't remember what his, I thought he did phenomenal with his um, purchase price. It was a very, for 20 cigars, it was a great price and they were quality cigars, but it was all because of being very selective in the sizes of the cigars, I think, as opposed to, um, I don't know if that was his preference or not for the the size, but yeah. As far as uh, now, as far now, Vitola is another animal. You know, you 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 know that's another side of town there that uh, what they want they're going to get. So as far as the Coronas go over there, uh, they come in and they get what they want. Uh, price is pretty much no object over there. You know, so they'll come in get two three boxes of their old faithful whatever it may be, you know, so, uh, the Corona's, yeah, they, they, they do sell, but over there it's no, you know, it's not uh, pick and choose. Okay. Well, let's see, I can afford three of these and then I might pick up two Corona's, which are, you know, uh, $3 less than one of these, you know? So, uh, it's more or less, they come in, they get it, they leave and you know, they, they've got what they want. You're dealing with a, definitely a um, a higher income where you're at in that shop, and 280 is a nice mix. I think of the you know the entire scope. I get um, lower it this lower income, higher income, middle income. You know, it's odd, but I also have noticed in cigars and more and by total fine cigars, Harris who's basically our buyer is not a big fan of Robustos. Everything he orders is a Toro and a 60, and then maybe he'll get to the Robusto, but because we carry so many SKUs, he's, he can't carry the entire line and every size. He can't carry the three sizes of the entire line. And I think he's a little bit more partial to, okay, we've got the Toros, we've got the 60s, and I don't want to, you know, everybody goes Robusto. I think he orders a few more of the Corona-sized things 
because it's different. And that's the different size to give you instead of just being, you know, like the Walmart of cigars, you know, 60 Toro and a, a Robusto. He's sitting right there and he's enjoying the little unique factor. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. And I can't say, um, and, and so many, I'm finding also so many cigar companies are just deciding to name their cigar, whatever they, how they feel like for a size. And that's getting to be. It is, isn't it? And, and that is also another conversation is, uh, is that right there is what you just said is that whenever you start going out of the standard of the cigar line or the Vitola line, you know, that's, that is, uh, that gets, uh, very old and very, uh, cumbersome, you know, especially from a retail standpoint and, and especially from the clerical standpoint, very much so, you know, but it's all about marketing though. It's all about marketing. If you can, if you can mislabel something or throw a different curveball, and somebody say, Oh, I had never heard of that. Uh, well then that's, they their job, you know, so. Yeah, and it's like um, C CLE, Christian Aroa, you know, he's famous for his 1118. Yeah, right. Which is kind of a Toro, but technically a, an 1118 isn't a straight Correct. cigar. It's got a kind of. Special figurato. Bulbs out in the, a little bit in the right, middle. Right. And he's also different in that if you pay attention to Christian, everybody is a four and a half by by 50, 54, 50, or a six by 60 or whatever. When it's an Aroa product, whether it be CLE Asylum, it's a, a 60 by six, a 48 by seven, things like it, he reverses the numbers. And so you can usually tell it's one of his products. And I believe when he rolls for somebody else, he keeps the same numbering system. So if you're in the know, you know, it's yeah, him right. rolling it and not right. Right. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Kind of like what were we saying earlier with, um, somebody make, Oh, Placencia making the, the cigar we're smoking this evening, the Romeo Julieta. Right. You don't know it unless you know it, but if they use that reverse size system, you would know it. Um, you know, if Aroa was rolling it for them, they would call that a 50 by five, not mm -hmm. a five by 50. Yeah. Um, you know, Fuente's, uh, Fuente, yeah, well, Fuente Fuente is actually really good at that with their specialty line of their Opus X. Yeah. Because I mean, you got, uh, you know, you got, uh, Black Rose and you have BBMF, um, uh, and all of that stuff right there. They throw on that. All of that is, uh, you know, totally different when it comes to the, their, their, uh, their specialty line now, you know, there ain't none of that labeled anything regular. Uh, here's a little secret. Um, that whole line is all marketing. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it always has been. Always has been. Yeah, especially the uh, the holding of the inventory. Yeah, they they marked, they cornered that, holding the inventory off to where people wanted it so bad and would pay any price and go anywhere and do that. You know, they've done that. So, yeah. So I've been impressed with their marketing, and they've, they've grown because of it. Yeah, I think I think cigars and more Vitola has played that game long enough, though, 
because I've noticed even though there was supposedly going to be a shortage of opus the last year, we've done a really good job as a shop or the family of shops of almost consistently always having some opus product, maybe not five or six, but at least one opus product on the shelf. So maybe we've built up to that point that they allow us to have something at all times. So I'm thinking about the next one we should discuss if we're on, if we're ready to discuss the next, the next size, not in the next size up, but something, something different. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been waiting for you to get all calm and join us. We've just kind of been treading water here. Oh, I appreciate that. I've, uh, I've had I've had some issues, but uh, let's see. So I, I want to take a <laughs> had some issues. <laughs> yeah, I want to I want to take a drastic swing in the opposite direction and talk about the Churchill. And the reason this one is the way it is. I mean, the name in it, the name of the size is historical. Oh, isn't it, very Gary? much so. The, the Churchill normally, okay. uh, the Churchill, of course, is a custom size that was made by Churchill himself. The original size from Romeo Giulietta, which was his original type line, was a Clemencia size. Uh, Clemencia size was, uh, ironically enough, was a uh, Lonsdale type size. It was relatively, it was a little thinner if you will, and uh, not that long. And that was his size. And he basically just ordered, because of, of his power, he could do that. And he basically said, hey, listen, I need this a little thicker, a little longer. And therein was the birth of Churchill. And that was uh, that was the deal. Yeah. And uh, and he made that. He was, uh, Churchill was, uh, was one of those, if you will, George Burns type smokers that would go 20 cigars a day, 15 a day, whatever. His wife actually made him a fireproof bib where he could smoke in bed and literally uh, his cigar would not. Yeah, I didn't know the that. cigar would fall out of his mouth and fall on his bib and it wouldn't burn him and it wouldn't burn up the, the bed. And uh, after he would wake up, he would notice the cigars laying on his belly, which is uh, probably a little bit bigger than mine. And uh, and take it, and of course, put it over to the side, and roll over and go to sleep. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's it's a it's a uh, iconic um, size, and I never thought it would take over like it did. But yeah, and then of course, you know, now you got your double Corona now, which is even longer, you know. And uh, so I don't know who did. I don't know. Who, I, to be honest with you, I don't know who came up with double Corona, but they're they're crazy, you know. Then you got your I've, I've smoked yeah, them before. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's getting on up there. I mean, you got to have some time for that thing right there. Um, you know. Um, so. I want to. I want to do a shout out because I think I need to get the the blueprints for this bib <laughs> and make it for one of our regulars, Marvin, uh, at Trustville because he's always falling asleep with his head back <laughs> with his cigar and he's like, uh, 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 and he wakes up. And I'm like, you know, let's let's make him a bit. Let's get it monogrammed. That's a good let's idea for Marv. <laughs> that would be great for him. It really would. Yeah. Right. Would. So, I don't know if this one's on the list, but I wanted to do it as a comparison. A, a well, maybe the the brother 
to the Churchill. Uh, the, I'm not might pronounce this incorrectly, but the uh, diademeus oh, size. It's, it's like it's basically like a it's figure diadema. You jump into the diadema a little bit too quick because you do know that Church Churchill actually smoked double Coronas. That was kind of his preferred size until he modified it to. Yeah, the, his yeah, the typical, double Coronas. Was, uh, yeah, the double Coronas was not that big though, and he he customized it. Yeah, and now nowadays the Churchill wasn't even the Churchill is now shorter size now. So, yeah, yeah. The original Churchills for Churchill were seven to eight inches yep. or so, and now a Churchill's like Correct. seven and a half. Right. And I think there's what seven and a half by fifty four, fifty six. Yeah, because there you go, something like that. Yeah, because originally it was like a forty four to fifty two. Yeah. So it's it worked its way up, and he kind of customized it. But originally, his uh, his preference was a a, a Cuban uh, from Romeo and Julieta that was in what was a double right. Corona yeah. size, as far as thirty cigar sizing. Yeah. So. Just wanted to touch a little bit that we were talking about that double Corona and Churchill got yeah, into and the, that the original too. size was called Clemencia though. That was the original size that that was modified off of that. Then it may have went to a double Corona, then it went to a Churchill possibly, but the original size was Clemencia. That's uh, per se cigar aficionado. And then again, of course, Davidoff pays a fortune to have their Winston yep. Churchill line. Oh boy. Just like, just like Fuente pays a fortune to have their Hemingway line, which is, yeah, but that's a good stick. And just remember, the bestseller from Fuente and the short story are still Hemingways, but they got smart by that point and just didn't put the name on the box. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can jump into your diademas, there, Devin. So the diadema is an interesting uh, take on a cigar because it fits in that figurato line, but it's I just call it like the uh, the Churchill that you know it's got a little bit more edge to it. It's a little bit pointier. It's it's figurato. It's it's tapered on both ends, and that gets me into the topic of not just the size, but like what we've talked about in the past where the certain size made for a certain thing creates a certain flavor. Even if you use the same tobacco at different sizes, I would love to try, which I've never actually done a taste test between a cigar made in a Churchill and then the same exact cigar in a Diademas. Like what would be the flavor change? What would be the drastic nature of everything going along with it? Well, it's like any, any it's like any cigar, every, no matter how many sizes or shapes or whatever, every cigar has a perfect size. Sometimes it's a Robusto is perfect for it. Sometimes it's a Churchill. Sometimes it's a Toro. In my opinion, the Davidoff Nicaragua is absolutely the best in the Diadema, closely followed by the Toro box press. And we spoke about box presses earlier. But it's it's that precision roll, and I think that's what makes the Diadema a little bit better than most cigars you always have a more experienced roller doing it it's the experience and it's kind of like i say when you pay more for a cigar you're paying for consistency 
and right. the you know I guess the the roller the labor that went into producing that and the diadema kind of fits that it's a you know it's a little bit more complicated than just you know rolling you a robusto yeah and it makes me think of the alfonso because like we tried the small alfonso it was a we tried the one or the two i think it was the two yeah and you definitely i've tried the alfonso in the larger gauge or the larger length i like the smaller one better it's just it seems more packed with flavor I don't know. I just like the smaller one better than the longer one. I think it comes down to the char that gets pulled through yeah. the two. We smoked the three and a half. I think the four and a half is the best size. I have done the eight and the nine, and I don't like those as much as the shorter. But lots of luck finding those now because. <laughs> and that was the one of the reasons we wanted to discuss the sizing on that is so anybody listening gets the understanding of the tube that you're pulling smoke through and you're pulling that smoke and the char and the smoke, it's all building up where you're pulling on it. And when you're smaller, obviously it's going to be less that pulls through it. So you're going to get a lack of flavor change. The smaller it is compared to a longer one. And that's not to say one's better than the other. It's to say they're different and you got to find the preference that you like the most. Because I speak, I think of Aroa, obviously, because I keep speaking of them because it's one of my favorite sticks. It's my go-to. It's my, I know I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, and I'm going to enjoy it no matter what size. Because they do that. The shorter one, I'm going to get the compact flavor. The longer one, it's going to change by the end of it. And that can be said for any brand and any cigar. There is the cigar brand that shall not be named where it doesn't really matter what the size is. It's going to start out okay. And it's going to end kind of weird, but that's just my personal preference. Yeah. As far as your uh, diadema goes, I was, uh, I was holding this up to the uh, camera just a second ago, letting the guy see it, see, see a diadema and how it's rolled and the shape of it. And of course, you know, that's, uh, that particular shape right there is going to give you probably the most complex, probably the most contrast in a flavor than you can get out of any cigar, you know, and I, I, I can, I, I sort of, uh, how would you say, uh, I sort of applaud, uh, Fuente and of course in their Hemingway line, because their Hemingway line is nothing but a small straight diadema is all it is. Uh, the perfecto. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, it is. Uh, and they've done so good. The particular line I've got right here is a Cuban line. It's called Coaba. But, uh, but this, this particular line here is also, uh, it's relatively milder. Uh, it's in the milder line, like the Bolivar would be. And so in this particular case here, this one right here, well, this particular one right here is aged actually about 21 years. Uh, and, and, uh, in, in this, uh, in that particular shape right there, you're going to get a ton of flavor at the bang of it because it ain't nothing but wrapper and binder. And then it follows up to the wrapper. I mean, until the to the filler. And then when that happens, man, oh man, then everything starts changing. And of course, as the cigar goes down, it's smaller in size. So when you start getting smaller in diameter as it goes down, almost like a, if you will, a funnel shape. You know, as it goes down or funnel, cheroot, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, or cheroot shaped. 
you know, then that's what you're looking at there. And man, you got some killer flavors that come about in some of those things right there. That, that, that to me is one of the best lines out there or one of the best sizes out there is the diadema, the special figurado, like the, uh, uh, if you will, like the work of art and the short story. Those are little old bitty diademas is all they are, you know, and, and they are, they're phenomenal as far as flavor goes. Um, Griffin makes a great line of that as well in their perfectos, you know, the perfectos. I'm a big perfecto nut. Um, I love that. But yeah, the diadema is, to me is a perfect, in my opinion, it's one of the most expensive rolling lines out there. You're going to pay more for a diadema than you are any other shape or Vitola out there, you know, but it's probably got the most complex flavor of any of them either, you know, so. And, you know, that led me to a question in my head about, are there any sizes or shapes that are just gimmicky that aren't really conducive to anything that don't do anything? And it made me think of, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's something like where they take the cigars and they bind two of them together and they do something like yeah. that. I forget called the, the name. Called the Calibra, Calibra, or Calibre, Calibra. Yeah. And it made um, me think: Does that actually do anything, or is that just a gimmick? Because I've never yeah, smoked it. Mainly made. It was made. It was originally made for thievery in the factories. Is what it was originally made for rollers would literally get these coming from the owner or the proprietor of that particular, you know, line or whatever to smoke. So therefore, if they had anything of, if they were smoking a regular size, they knew that those, that regular size was taken out of turn. And so, yeah. And so that's, that's what the diadema was originally made for on that right there. Do we know anybody who sells that we size? We used to uh, actually get uh, that style that, cigar. Davidoff used to used to sell what they call a Series C. Uh, and the Series C was a Calibre line, and it was quite quite elaborate. They did it good, um, and I can't remember which line it was. I can't remember what blend it was in. It was Series C, so that means Series R. So that means uh, Series R would probably be in the Robusto line. So it'd probably be the anniversary series, probably in that particular blend. So, yeah, but yeah, the series C Jonathan Nelson, which is the Oliva rep for this particular area. Yeah. He used to have quite a few of those and you know, when, uh, when Davidoff had those, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen those lately. I don't know where, I don't know where you would get, I'm sure you, you know, you could find them, but I just don't know where. Well, that would be, that would lead my question is to, is it worth your time? Is, is the flavor drastically yeah. different? Is it something, I mean, what's the point of it at this, at this juncture sure. in history, what's the point of it in a retail it's a novelty to uh, be in your everyday you. buy? It's, it's uh, the size of it is, if you will, like um, Lance Arrow. That's, that's about the original size of it. It's curled up. It's odd smoking it because it's almost staring at you, you know, um, but uh, yeah. but nevertheless, it's yeah, it's a pretty cool line. It's uh, it's it's a cool novelty though. It used to be a big thing back then when cigar smokers, when the cigar boom hit, uh, back in the mid '90s, all the way up to the early 2000s. Man, people would love those things. 
had a guy by the name of Felipe Gregorio. Felipe Gregorio, back right. in the early night, uh, back in the early two thousands, he was big into the DOS Kappa, Trace Kappa, Quad Kappa, and all of that stuff, and making them very pretty and 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 his was a collectible type line at that time, but it was more of a novelty. The the flavor was good, but it wasn't over the right. top, and so quality literally outdone him over years. He actually come in 280 one time, and I dropped. I like to peed on myself because, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his line. I thought his line was a keystone line uh, or cornerstone line, rather. Yes. Uh, and when he come in, he said, yeah, my name is Felipe, and I'm selling cigars. And I said, Felipe, uh, the only Felipe I know that, uh, that sold cigars was Gregorio, and he was back in the early 2000s. He said, that is me. And I said, oh, my God, man. Wow. Me, it was like Mickey Mantle walking in the store. You know, it was like, wow, dude, you were the man at that time because you could roll the best roll. They were beautiful. They were gorgeous cigars. Now it's more about quality, and and nowadays it's about value. You know, unfortunately, that's what happens. You know, I'm waiting for our next cigar boom to hit. When it does, those things will probably come back. Thinking about it now, it makes me think, why would you ever buy that? But the more we talk about it, the more history we have for it. I honestly want one now. I want to try it. Yeah. Just to just to see what it's all about. Because one day I'd like to have one of those big, tall humidors in my house. You know, like a curio cabinet that's a humidor. Have it lined up. And then I would like to have a few of those sitting in there. And smoke them every once in a while. I mean, I can see the novelty behind it. Especially if they're not bad. If they're not like... No, you don't want to smoke one of those. They're not really that good. If they're decent and they're a novelty, I could see me sitting on the porch, uh, you know, buddies hanging out drinking, and I pop this thing out there. What the heck are you smoking? Yeah. Never seen one before. Of course, it's three cigars rolled up, bind uh, as a braid, if you will, into into almost a one cigar type thing there with a with two ties on the foot and the and the head of it. And, uh, and that's, that's what it, that's what it looks like. But, and of course, you know, you break it open and of course you got two guys you're smoking with, you hand them, you know, the other two and you enjoy the smoke. And of course you enjoy that particular camaraderie at that time with that particular, you know, that, that particular novelty in my, my opinion. But yeah, I mean, but Davidoff, that thing was good. It was good, son. It really was really good. Um, but yes, it just again, you know, time changes, and next thing you know, you got Tom Lazuka that comes out and says, "The what? The Calibre? No, it's called the Femur." You know, and that that yeah, and what 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 would you call the April Fools? Uh, you know, you, you Dennis Latham, which is one of our guys that used to come in quite often, and I hadn't seen Dennis Dennis, and I don't know how long Dennis would get all of this stuff, if you will, or the majority of it, you know. And he would smoke that stuff and he would he'd take pictures and, and post it on, you know, he'd just send it out through social media. And at that particular time, it was like MySpace or something like that. You know? But, uh, but yeah, he, he'd smoke that stuff, man, and post that crap. And you're going, good grief, dude. How are you doing it? Even o Oliva makes uh, a double gigante, you know, which is, I think, 10. What is it, John? 10 by seven, 70 by, I think, 70 by 10, I think it is something like that. I just don't pay attention to those. Yeah. Right. 
huge sizes. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean, the the April Fools, what do I use it for? The guy goes, I want the biggest cigar you got. So you you show them the, and they go, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't (laughs) quite want that. They laugh about it. And every now and then they walk out with one. Definitely different. Yeah. I think we've gone through a bunch of sizes. There's a bunch in the in between and things we can do. You know, you got Toro, Robusto, Churchill, things like that. We we could do ten episodes on sizes, and and you couldn't finish it. Agreed, John. I mean, just right. even if you just go to the Churchill. I mean, just the Churchill itself. Is it, you know, a forty four, a forty seven, a forty eight, a fifty two? Is it six inches, six and a half, seven? I mean, just I mean. They're all approximates anymore. Some are styles. Some are for intensity of smoking. Uh, our old uh, host of this show, Behind the Curtain, Jason Robinette, always said this, the, the reason behind a cigar size is the length of time that you have to enjoy it. And I still go by that, even though most people go with, it, it just feels good in my mouth. We really hope you guys uh, got something from this. We recommend you look it up. You can type in uh, cigar shapes and just look up images of it. It it would behoove you, that's the word of the day, behoove you to look them up, know the difference between a few of them, and then try them out. Try out one of your favorite sticks. Like When we were talking about the Lancero, all I could think of was the Oliva V Lancero, which is an absolutely stunning stunning cigar. And... Most people love Oliva V from the box press to the Toros to the Robustos. But there's one guy in particular at the shop that he gets the uh, Lancero of that all the time. And I recommend you try it out. If you look, if you see a name for a shape and size that you haven't heard of, go look for it in the shop, find that shape and then get the opposite of it. And there you go. You got two sticks you get to try and you try them back to back, especially if you're sitting in the shop. I know a lot of guys, they'll smoke, you know, two, three cigars. Try a different size of the same one you just got, just to, to have a different dichotomy of it, a different, a different flow, a different flavor to see what you catch on it. Because you're going to catch a bunch of similar notes, but you're going to catch something different. And you got the time base on it as well, as John and uh, Old Pitted Prunes was telling us way back in the day. With that being said, I want to make sure everybody knows you can always head to our website, smokingunderground.com, and see all the links we have available. You can see our podcast, our show, what we're doing. And uh, you remember, the best thing you can do for us, share it. Tell somebody. Uh, Just link it over. One one episode, especially somebody new. They walk into the shop and you're like, hey, he's got a smartphone because I don't want to sound too pretentious which I don't think I am, but most people have got smartphones now. They've got really expensive computers in their pocket. They're probably, if they don't listen to podcasts already, they listen to something, usually music. Shoot them a link to the podcast, especially ones like this where we kind of do educational on that. We're going through a series right now specifically for that, and I would highly recommend just drop a line to somebody else. Roger that. Yeah, please do. Yeah. And we want to hear, we want to hear from you too. I mean, email us, please. You know, what, what you drinking? What are you, what are you smoking? What do you want to hear about? That's uh that's also a heavy topic too. You know, anytime you got any suggestions, man, we can, 
We love that stuff. So please do that. Man, would be that would be great for us. You know, any type topic. I'm always checking. I'm always reading the emails, replying. We can have a little bit of back and forth there. Uh, we're working on a couple of no, more ideas for the podcast. Everything's changing. The numbers are looking stellar. And it's great to hear those of you who come into the shop and bring up the podcast to us where we don't have to bring it up to you. That's pro- That really, really makes my day. <laughs> yeah. it's It's taken us a while to get there. And this Romeo Julieta, even though it's been out for years, pick one up. It's, like I said, it's a uh, $10 Placencia. And Placencia nowadays, man, they have stepped their game up, son. They have made big shoes to fill now. Wow, man. They're coming with a vengeance. Remind me of Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley back in the uh, early 2000s, early 19, well, late 1990s, uh, you know, everybody was about the same. And Alec Bradley come out, did great, then did crappy. And, man, he come back with a vengeance. Next thing you know, he sells. And, God, John, what did he get for his business? I don't know. Something stupid. I know that. Oh, it was ridiculous. I can't oh, remember. It was ridiculous, ridiculous money. But it, believe it or not, it made a whole bunch yep. of people happy because all of a sudden, Perdomo's a billion dollar company. If, with the valuation, I want to say it was $73 billion or $73 million. Dust his hand. Alan Robin now can, can go and do what he wants to now. You know, so good for him, though. He earned it, he did. Part of the fun is building the business. Yep. There you go. Right. Well, um, look forward to, uh, <laughs> look forward to, uh, catching us next week. when We have another great topic to kind of dive in deep and get some uh, good, uh, Gary stories to go along with that. If we don't have anything else, I think we'll close out and, uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Keep downloading, keep sharing, and we'll see you on the next exciting adventure. Thank you, Gary, and thank you, John. Thank you all very much. Good job, John, as usual. I appreciate all that you do, buddy. Really do. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, all the listeners, and uh, stop by.